Well, hello, 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 everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today to the Protestant Ethic Podcast. Thank you so much for coming in. I am excited today and I am um, I, I am really uh, at my high levels of uh, joy and happiness, uh, regardless of the situation that we're in concerning the COVID experience. Uh, I still see that we are alive and we are moving forward and I would love to encourage you today. Continue to move forward, whatever whatever you do, keep moving, keep fighting, keep moving forward, keep moving ahead, stay positive, stay strong, and uh, allow yourself through the willpower that you have, allow yourself to you know, uh, triumph over this COVID experience, triumph over these racial unjust uh, experiences that we are watching unfold before our eyes. I want to share some information with everyone during this podcast. Uh, and I want to talk about something that I think that um, uh, many people probably overlook, especially at such a critical time as now. Uh, and that is the subject of efficacy. Uh, you know, what why why do you matter you know why do you, why do you matter why are you significant and you know it is my contention that many people don't recognize their effectiveness it is my belief that there is a lot of uh, you know you have a lot of people who in this world as a result of their past experiences have developed a sense of uh, of of insignificance and they think that because of the way that either a they they may have been treated, or because of how uh, you know people may have viewed uh, you know their thoughts or ideas, you know I think it has caused people to take a back seat. It has caused people to you know uh, you know take a step back and second guess uh, the strength of the thoughts that they have. And so I want to talk about this conversation today because we are such a we are at such a critical time, critical time in our our nation's history that we cannot afford not to be active and we cannot afford not to be engaged. So usually in terms of the Protestant ethic podcast. Now, uh, as I mentioned before, this podcast, we talk about any and everything any and everything. And I want you to recognize first and foremost that this is a safe space. This is a safe haven so that you can allow your thoughts, you can allow your mind, you can allow your free thinking self to uh, engage not only the thoughts that are given here, but, uh, but, uh, but also engage your own personal uh, thought processes, you know, dialogue with yourself. Uh, critique and analyze your own personal views and determine if those views have any substance, any validity, uh, any reliability, any of those components. You know, you determine for yourself, you know, what type of thought leader you are. But I encourage people and I encourage individuals to come into this safe space because we are a community of thought leaders. And our overall aim is to make society better and our overall aim is to uh, push the frontier of knowledge forward. And so I am encouraging uh, thought leaders from around the world, 
thought leaders from every city, every state, uh, every nation. Uh, you know, I want to encourage you to uh, participate in this conversation. I certainly would love to hear from you. Please email me at A as in Apple, H as in Henry, Simmons, S-I-M-M-O-N-S, the number two, at gmail.com. Please email me. Please go to my website, Alan Simmons, uh, the number two dot com. Please go to my website and share with me. Uh, send me an email. Send me, you know, an idea of your thoughts. Send me a message. You know, you can connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter. You can ex you can connect with me on every major outlet. So um, so I am open to the public. I stand behind what I say, and I expect uh, individuals who have a problem with what I say to stand behind what they say. But stand behind me, or stand behind what you say, uh, or challenge me on the essence of a conversation, on the factual basis of the conversation, and not just from some uh, point of conjecture. I, I would that people would, uh, you know, have strong, substantive conversation and I encourage substantive debate, debate, excuse me, because that is how we learn. But overall, you know, this is a very critical time and this is a time where we need to have everyone engaged as much as possible. You know, we are facing one of the most uh, consequential elections of our lifetime. And I am saying our lifetime because we are watching a president try to trying to retard the clock. He is trying to literally turn the laws back, uh, uh, you know, 70 years. And so we cannot allow, you know, someone that uh, has no pulse of the world, no pulse of its own of his own country. We cannot allow someone like that to remain in office. And I think if we are not exercising our right to vote, if we are not exercising and mobilizing people to vote, uh, furthermore, if we are allowing our emotions to dictate our behavior forward by causing us to refrain from voting, then we're doing a major disservice to ourselves. We're doing a major disservice to our family and our friends and our community around us. But we are also doing a disservice to the world and the future uh, that we leave this world behind to our children and children's children. So our behavior forward is very critical and we cannot allow someone to remain in office who is not equipped, who is not adept and who is not uh, mentally uh, who does not have the mental readiness to carry this nation forward. You know, I uh, am not a pessimist uh, and I'm, I am certainly not the type of person uh, to, you know, uh, you know, you know, sort of cast, you know, uh, major uh, aspersions on anyone. But I'm going to be I will be totally honest uh, when you look at the behavior and the track record uh, of the present president uh, and recognize that he is ill-equipped and is not mentally capable, uh, nor does not have the, uh, 
doesn't have the acum does not have the ability to lead this nation forward uh it should give people it should it should it it listen this should be resonating across the world that it's time to place someone in office who knows how to do the job now notice what i said i said we need to place someone in office who knows how to conduct the office of the presidency. And unfortunately, regardless if he is the incumbent president or not, he does not know and understand how to execute the, the office. He does not know how to operate this position. And it is evident, you know, I'm not coming off of emotion. I'm coming at from an evidence-based uh, perspective, you know, the, the the behavior of the country in and of itself reflects the leadership of who is in charge. And we have a sovereign person, uh, excuse me, we have a person in power leading a sovereign nation. And the directionality of the nation uh, forward as it relates to the COVID virus uh, is going, is moving in a negative direction. The directionality of the racial um, uh, animus that we're seeing that exists between uh, certain ones is as a result of the leadership of the person that is in office. And to be honest, if I had someone, a loved one, if I had someone that was extremely sick and I needed to get that person to the hospital, uh, and I know that I have two people that 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 are able to drive a vehicle one being a person who has a license who knows how to drive and the other one who is not licensed and who does not know how to drive i would be foolish to choose that person who is not licensed and who does not know how to drive to drive uh you know the people that are ill the loved ones to the hospital quite naturally it it it, it is very highly likely that that person will either uh, find himself involved in an accident uh, either through an accident or a collision with someone else or an action where this person may have drove, driven off the street into the ditch or driven off the street into a tree or into a light post or whatever the case may be. But the bottom line is he does not know how to drive and he has no business driving someone to the air, to the hospital when that person is is in critical is in is in a critical state. Uh, and so we have two people in that's that's at this time seeking to drive this vehicle. We have Joe Biden and we are all anxiously awaiting for his presidential, his vice presidential pick. And we have Donald Trump, whose vice presidential uh, uh, incumbent is also Mike Pence. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, someone like a Donald Trump is ill-equipped. He does not know how to drive this vehicle. And while America is in the health condition that it's in, America needs to get to the hospital and we cannot afford to allow someone to drive this vehicle who does not know how to drive. Joe Biden knows how to drive this vehicle. Joe Biden, again, knows how to drive this vehicle. And as a result of him driving and being in position uh, and having executed uh, executive leadership with successful results, um, uh, and and of course, of course, this may not be a good thing to note, but he is an established politician. 
He does know what he's doing, and he does have the ability to move us out of these devastating conditions that we are in. So at this point in time, we just need to vote uh, because we need to come out and we need to live. We need to survive. And the incumbent president is not going to allow that to happen. We are dying. This country is in a negative state of affairs and we need help. And so uh, I remember at one point when we were in the military, uh, the food was not all that great. And I can remember we would make comments and say, I'm just eating, not because it tastes good, but I'm just eating to live. Well, listen, at this point, those of you who are not Democratic, but those of you who are Republicans, you need to just vote for Joe Biden simply because we need to live. I know you might not like him. I know that there's a lot of things that you may not think is palatable. But listen, right now we need to be able to live. And so we need to mobilize as many people as possible. So on the circ on the conversation of mobilizing people to vote, many people do not vote because of this one word, voter efficacy. Voter efficacy, uh, a term that uh, addresses authenticity, but also but also it addresses uh, a feeling by which people may think that their vote is not important or their vote does not mean anything. And you have a lot of people who believe that uh, their vote is insignificant. So I want to talk to you about three reasons as to why you matter, you know, why you matter. And I think that these three reasons needs to be expressed to the masses, uh, uh, the masses of people that live around you, your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle, your cousin, your nephew, your niece. Uh, the people that you attend uh, in church uh, or attend with your community engagements and events, you know, you need to share this with them that many times, uh, you know, people don't recognize the power of their voice. You know, your voice does three things. Your your voice, your voice can project, your voice can direct, and your voice can elect. So these are the three functions of your voice. It projects, it directs, and it elects. And I think at this point in time, if you can't do anything, there's one thing within the three that your voice can do. If you can't do anything physically, you certainly can use your voice to project and you can use your voice like a bullhorn and project a message to people who need to hear uh, why certain things are of importance. Now, I'm not saying that you need to be at the at the lead and at the stage front of a protest rally, or, but but, you know, there's people in your personal space that you can project your voice to. Secondly, your voice directs. So you can give directives. You can tell people, you know, what's what, how you see the world, how you interpret situations and what that those interpretations mean. And then last but not least, your voice certainly does have the power to elect. And so not only do we direct people to go to the polls, but we also are instrumental in sharing with people why we are voting a certain type of way. Um, but having said that, uh, you know, it should be apparent to everyone listening at this point that your vote means something. Your presence means something. You know, who you are means something. So number one, one reason as to why your vote matters. And, and, and these are things I want to share with the with the world. Um, 
you have to understand that one of the reasons why your vote matters so significantly so significantly is because no one knows your collective experiences but you no one knows what each experience that you have gone through what it felt like no one knows what it felt like no one knows what kind of effect it had on your life no one knows how painful certain situations were that 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 pulled tears from your eyes um in your home whether it be two o'clock in the afternoon in in high noon day you know or whether it be 2 a.m in the morning while everyone is asleep and you are still awake awakened at night thinking about uh, how certain situations have devastated you you know uh you know, you are moving because you want to prevent uh, victimization. You want to prevent being exploited. And sometimes when you allow people to uh, exploit you and walk over you and treat you like you're nobody, treat you like a doormat, as people sometimes say, you know, you become a victim of the situation and becoming a victim of the situation. Sometimes, you know, hurt people hurt people. And sometimes you would have a tendency to not only exact that behavior on someone else, but, you, you know, that situation becomes you when it should not be, you know, and, um, you know, and then last but not least, you know, you 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 move and you operate, you mobilize yourself because at this point it is about fighting back. You do need to see to it that your uh, aggressors receive their comeuppance, right? And so in this, no one knows your experience but you. And as a result of you going through those situations, you going through those pains, those those heartaches, those uh, tough, hard knocks, and how uh, people may have intentionally, intentionally caused uh, certain actions to happen in your life. You know, you at this point in time are the only one who can attest to how that made you feel. You are the only one who can speak voluminously toward how that made you feel. You are the only person. You are the only person that can express the pain that you felt. Uh, you can express the, uh, the terror that you saw. You can express the smell of hurt. Uh, you you know you can you can only experience what you've experienced if you were present. And many of you, one of the things that make your voice so powerful is the fact that nobody knows your experiences but you, and no one can tell it like you can tell it. No one can talk about your experiences like you can talk about your experiences. And I think one of the major things that should provide motivation, provide the impetus to speak out. One of the things that provide that impetus, that that desire to speak out is the fact that if you recognize that you speak, spoke out on those those types of concerns, those types of issues that happened to you would cease from happening. You would be able to prevent those things from happening to the next person, you know? And sometimes people just don't realize that. You know, people 
don't realize that we live in a world of institutions. You know, that's a an eye-opening comment. We live in a world of institutions. And as a result of the institutions we live in, you have institutions that are ran by a certain type of people who want to ensure that these institutions or the world in which we live uh, remain uh, dominated by a certain type of people. Right. And so anybody who have ever worked in a formal institution, whether it be the institution of education, the institution of the media, whether it be the institution of military, whether it be the institution of law, whether it be the institution of healthcare, no matter where you have worked, these institutions are ran by people who have a tendency to discriminate. Discriminate because you are rich or poor, discriminate because of your age, discriminate because of your gender, discriminate because of your sex, discriminate because of your race. Be, discriminate because of your capabilities. You have people who discriminate against the disabled. You have people who discriminate against the elderly. You have people who discriminate against the LGBTQ community. But because you have differences, you are likely to face discrimination from people who are, uh, you know, so low in thinking that they believe that they can they could they their their positions of power are threatened because of the differences that they experience. So again, you know, in these types of situations, you need the type of levers of power that can change those situations, right? And so today we are dealing with someone that is in uh, positions of power, people who are in positions of power, and we're dealing with a man that is in a position of power who has a lot of influence over these institutions, right? They wield uh, a, a magnanimous amount of power over their institutions. And if we don't step up and if we don't speak out, if we don't develop the type of impetus, the type of motivation that will cause us to rise out of our slothful emotional state of non-engagement, we are going to find ourselves continuously uh, complaining, you know, uh, uh, about the types of things that we see and there's nothing being done about it. So I say like uh, Tom Thomas Paine said uh, as he spoke to the troops uh, at Valley Forge, we have the ability to begin the world over again. You know, we have the ability to begin the world over again. And this is where we are. So your voice is the agent that will do that. It is the agent that will do that. So your voice matters. Why? Number one, no one knows your experiences better than you know your own experiences. Two, there's a tendency to feel insignificant uh, overall, there's just a specific tendency for people to feel insignificant. And one of the reasons why people consistently feel insignificant is because of this one word, a construction of reality that they have formulated based from the way people view their lives. 
I believe one sociologist said it like this. It's not what you think. It's not even what I think. However, it's what I think you think that makes my behaviors uh, the behaviors that they are. You know, we have a term where uh, we recognize that who we are and what we think and how we're socialized in the world comes from the way that people project our life, the way people see our lives. In other words, we see ourselves through the lens of the way people view us. So we see a reflection of ourselves through the way that people see ourselves. So if someone sees me and they project me uh, and they see me or define me as witty, they define me as intellectual, they define me as smart, then of course I'm going to think I'm smart because this is the way people, ref this is the way that I see the reflection of myself based from other thoughts uh, of other people. Uh, on the converse, if people said that uh, I was dull, if people said that I was uh, an idiot, if people said that, you know, I was anything of the negative construct, you know, then of course I would see an image, a negative image of myself through the reflection of their views of my life, causing me to have a negative self-construct. And so many times we are the way we are. Many times we have uh, an insignificant thought or thoughts about ourselves because of the construction of reality, how we have constructed reality based on what people have seen, based on what people have said, based on people's views of who we are. You know, what is real to us is going to be real to us, regardless if it's true or not. And so many times we take and we hold what people have said about us as true. But what but but what people don't understand and I think this is very important. What people don't understand is that oftentimes and more oftentimes than not, um, we have a misguided misinterpretation of the way people view our lives. And so if we have this tendency to feel insignificant based on other people's thoughts, based on other people's actions or behaviors, the only way around that is to recognize that your behavior is totally separate from people's thoughts about you. It's totally separate from people's thoughts about you. But you cannot and, and we cannot continue to allow our society to be as such. Like, you know, as a Protestant, you know, we believe uh, now I'm a part of a diff of of a separate of a subgroup of the Protestant overall religious persuasion. So I am, of course, a Pentecostal uh, believer, and I believe uh, as an evangelical that the Word of God is the inerrant, infallible, immutable Word of God. I believe that everything the Word speaks is what it is. I take the Bible and understand the Bible. I understand that there are certain aspects of the Bible that was written literally. There are certain aspects of the Bible that were written figurative, figuratively. And there are certain aspects of the Bible that have been written allegorically. I know how to interpret the Bible. Uh, and so my beliefs from the Bible are Christocentric beliefs that 
uh, understand and want to give people their due diligence and ability to live the way they live, act the way they act, and be the way they be. But I am not going to allow in all that we are and all that we do, I am not going to allow any of those things, any of those things, anything, any of the way that I believe, I am not going to allow it to cause me to think in a judgmental way on other people. That's not how we should be. And it's easy to say that's not how we should be. And that's probably uh, a very elementary way of putting it. But there is no more basic way that we can point to the masses that you have got to develop a sense of mobility by recognizing that your behavior and your actions to vote, your behavior and your actions to be engaged, your behavior and your actions to want to make the place that you live in better is all based on your willpower to actually get out and do. You know, regardless if you are certain of a certain uh, economic status, regardless if you are a part of a certain uh, educational group, regardless if you uh, come from, uh, you know, a certain type of background, regardless of those things. You know, these things are all indicators that have overall uh, shed light on people who are likely to vote. But, you know, there's a lot of individuals who don't have a high educational attainment or who are in strong finding found uh, who, who is r- really rooted and grounded with their financial situation or those individuals who have a strong social capital. Uh, there's a lot of people who are suffering in a drought in all facets. And they are still active politically and active in voting. And so we need people at this point in time to recognize that regardless of where you came from, regardless of your background, regardless of your socioeconomic status, regardless of your health, regardless of your your religion, regardless of your sex, your gender, regardless of your age, none of that have any bearing or it should have any bearing on what you do in this November election. You have to move beyond that. And the, the feelings of insignificance has got to be jettisoned over the side. And you've got to just pick it up, pick up yourself, pick up your thoughts, pick up your mindset and move forward. Last but not least, you got You have to recognize that numbers certainly do matter. Numbers certainly do not na- certainly do matter. So you are needed at your precinct more than anything. You know, uh, this is the, this, this is the most local. This is the most basic uh, aspect of voting is by is just getting to the precinct. You know, this is the most local place that you could actually have an effect. You know, Tip O'Neill said years ago that all politics is local. And of course, we are talking about politics today. This is a political discussion. This is a discussion about the the, the, the Protestant work, work ethic, but, you know, in dealing with the things of the people, the politeia, uh, politics comes from the Latin word politeia, meaning the things of the polis, the events that the polis, that the people typically will uh, 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 have to deal with in order to live in peace uh, amongst each other. 
And looking at those types of things and looking at everything that we have experienced, you know, you must recognize that since you live here, you need to have some input. And numbers do matter. Numbers do matter. Now, you can look at the vast amount of people that populate this 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 country uh, in these United States. Uh, and then you can also look at the large volume number who populate your your city and you can break that down into your uh, uh, individual precincts. You have a lot of people per precinct, but your precinct is very important. And in order to make your precinct look the, look a certain way, there needs to be a certain number of votes that turn out to those precincts. Right. So numbers do matter, regardless if we go by the electoral count or the uh, popular vote. Uh, of course, we know that the electoral college, the electoral vote is what's important. But recognize this as well. It still is a numbers game. You still need the numbers in order to get the electoral uh, college uh, representation. Right. And so it's all determined at the precinct level. So your number matters. Your number represents something. Your voice represents something. Your actions, it represents something. And so your church needs you. Your world needs you. Your uh, The impact of the future needs you at this point. It needs you. If you can't do anything, one thing you should be able to do is at least at the bare minimum help somebody register to vote. You know, don't believe or don't think that your vote is insignificant because of your background and because of your experiences, because of your socioeconomic status, your class, your educational attainment, your race, your gender, any of those components. Do not allow that to dissuade you from voting. You know, voting behavior, literally, uh, it is... It is said that voting behavior follows a continuum. So those individuals who are highly educated, those individuals who are uh, wealthy and those individuals who come from a status, uh, you know, of great proportions, those are individuals who are more likely to vote. Their efficacy uh, spells out, it dictates to them that their vote matters. And typically on the converse, people who do not come from a a strong educational background, people who are not wealthy, people who are usually impoverished and also suffering, uh, uh, you know, the paucity of, of social engagements and networking contacts, those individuals are more likely to refrain from voting. But today we are going to uh, totally, uh, uh, you know, counter you know, the likelihood of those types of things by mobilizing masses of people and turning out masses of people to the polls. That's what's needed at this point. We need to mobilize the, ma mobilize the masses and turn out masses of people to the polls. That is what we need. We need to mobilize the masses and turn out masses of people to the polls. If you never vote again, you need to vote in this election and you need to make sure that you vote for the right person. The person who's going to come up with a plan to get us out of this coronavirus. The person who's going to bring a calm to the storm and, and, and the sickness of racial uh, discrimination that exists uh, uh, in an unprecedented way. A person that is going to stop and, and at least 
try to bring about a resolve for the uh, insurmountable killings of uh, uh, blacks at the hands of police. We need somebody that's going to be an absolute uh, uh, beneficial leader for the country at this point in time. Not only for the country, but for the world's sake. Okay, so, you know, again, you know, this this podcast today centers around voter efficacy, why you matter, why your vote matters, why it's important that you vote, why it is that you have to do whatever you have to do to pull as many people as the poll to the polls this election cycle as possible. Remember, the only way that. that that he wins is if we don't participate. I have to say again, like the words of Thomas Paine, we have the power to begin the world over again. This was Thomas Paine's saying, and he motivated individuals to fight to the bitter end by which we won the Revolutionary War. You know, we need to take those same principles and utilize them now. But if we're going to see any type of victory, It is going to be because you and you only, you and you only was strong enough to mobilize the masses. You used your voice and your voice did three things. It projected, it directed, and it, of course, elected. All right. So, again, uh, this is very important, very critical. And I want to thank everyone for joining me today. I want to. I want to thank everyone for tuning in and chiming in. You know, this was the every time I come on here, I have a, I have tons and tons of fun, you know, just being on here and expressing uh, thoughts, expressing beliefs, expressing the mindset. Uh, but I want to encourage you to please. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear what you think. I want to hear your mindset. I want to hear your beliefs. And uh, certainly whatever we can do to make this world a better place is what we should all be doing. Thank you so much for joining me today. I I am on every Monday at 5 p.m., every Monday at 5 p.m. And so I want to ask you to share this podcast with as many people as possible. Share with many people, as many people as possible. I am your host, Alan Simmons, and I am excited about sharing this information with you. Thank you so much for being on with me today. I will see you next week on Monday at 5 p.m. Share this and let's get the word out. Most of all, let's get registered to vote. Operate some registration drive, voter registration drives. Operate them in your home. Operate them in your church. Operate them in your community. Everyone needs to make sure that they are connected with a body of people who all are registered to vote. Well, I'm closing, but remember in closing that you matter. Everything about you matters. Everything about your mind, everything about your thoughts, they all matter. And I'm going to look to see you at the polls. Thank you so much for joining me today. I will see you next week. Bye now.